Thank you, Ty and Jamie. Beautiful song with a message we need today. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for the words of that song. Reminder that peace is found in you alone. And that you want to give us your peace today and forever. Open our ears to hear and our hearts to receive from you today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. For you that may not know, it's holiday weekend. You may be here with family and friends. I am not Pastor Damon Talkington. You wondered, boy, that guy, we've heard he is very ugly, but he's a handsome guy up there. My name is David Blackburn. I'm on staff here. Good to have you today. Once upon a time, a king offered a prize to anyone in his kingdom who would paint the best picture that would convey a sense of peace. P-E-A-C-E. Peace. Many artists submitted their works, and the king narrowed it down to two paintings. One painting was of a calm lake. It was a perfect reflection of the snow-capped mountains that encircled the lake. Overhead was a beautiful blue sky with puffy white clouds. Everyone who saw the painting thought it was a winning visual description of peace. Now the other painting that was chosen as the final two also had mountains, but they were rugged and bare. There was a dark, stormy sky with flashes of lightning and and rain pouring down. On one side of one of the mountains was a large waterfall raging. The painting, you know, it seemed out of place in a contest to picture what peace looks like. But when a person looked closely at the second painting, they could see behind the waterfall, a small green bush was growing in a crack in the rocks. And in the bush was a bird nest, which was just a few feet away from the rush of the water. And in the nest was a mother bird sitting on her eggs in perfect peace. Now the king chose that painting. And he explained his reasoning when he said this to all his subjects. Peace isn't meant to be a place where there is no noise or trouble or hard work. Peace is meant to be in the midst of all those things and still having a calm in your heart. This is the real meaning of peace. In the times in which you and I live, I believe that we would all agree that we need peace. It may seem very distant and far away this morning, but we need peace. When we look at the troubles in our world and in the country we love, we need peace. Even though we face COVID-19, 
We need peace this morning, even though we face uncertainty and fear and unemployment and economic upheaval. We need the peace of God in the midst of racial tension. Lockdowns, lockouts, protesters, rioting, and on and on and on. We need peace. This morning, we need to be reminded, no matter how out of control life seems, there's one who is in full and total control today and every day. The story is told of an airliner that developed engine trouble at 25,000 feet. And over the intercom, the pilot's reassuring voice informed the passengers that one of the engines had caught fire, but it had been quickly extinguished by the fire extinguishers near it. He said that the three remaining engines on the plane would easily help them reach their destination. Then a second engine failed. Nobody flying tomorrow, are they? Once again, the pilot assured the passengers, there's no danger. Two engines are sufficient enough to get us where we're going. Shortly after that announcement, you got it. Third engine failed. Pilot comes on and he says, uh, it would now be necessary to find an airport to land short of our destination. Finally, the last engine failed. And from their windows, the passengers saw the pilot and the crew parachuting to the earth. (laughs) The pilot's calm voice again came over the intercom. Ladies and gentlemen, we're having a problem with the airplane. We need to make an emergency landing. I have recorded this message to reassure you that although the crew and I have abandoned the airplane, there is no need for panic. Good luck with that one. The airplane is currently on automatic pilot and is under control, 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 control. You know, let's face it, friends. There are times in life when things seem to be out of control. And I believe many of us have felt like that at least some time in the last 100 plus days. And following our analogy, maybe some of us have been tempted to believe the pilot has bailed out, leaving us to face the engine failures of our lives. But please hear me. Please hear me. God has not bailed out of your life. God has not bailed out of our lives. And God wants to give us His peace because He knows how desperately we need it today. The biblical concept of peace does not focus on the absence of trouble in our lives. And here's where we get caught up a lot. Biblical peace is unrelated to our circumstances. Whether it's COVID-19 or a mortgage payment that's three months behind due, or a child that is seriously ill. 
We've all known Christ followers who were in the middle of trials and troubles in life, yet they still had peace. So where does a person find the kind of peace that's not dependent on the absence of troubling circumstances? Where do you find that kind of peace? Where do we find the kind of peace that can't be affected by troubles, engine failures, danger, or sorrow in life? It's ironic that one of the most definitive statements on peace in the Bible comes from Jesus on the night before he died in agony on the cross. He knew what he was facing in less than 24 hours, yet he still took time to comfort his disciples, his followers, with his message of peace. Jesus said this to them. I give you peace, the kind of peace that only I can give. It isn't like the peace that this world can give. So read it with me, please. So don't be worried or afraid. The peace that Jesus is speaking about here enables his present day followers to remain calm in the most fearful circumstances. The death of a loved one, a cancer diagnosis, a divorce, a financial ruin in your life. You name it, and we could all go around this room and name a lot of things, and his peace will cover it. You can't name anything this morning that God's peace is not sufficient to cover The Bible refers to two kinds of peace, and we're going to look at both of them this morning. The first is objective peace, and it's unrelated to feelings and emotions. It has to do with your relationship to God. The man or woman who is a non-believer can't, can't have peace with God. It's impossible for them to have peace with God because according to the Bible, they are God's enemies. I told my wife, this is not going to be easy to preach and I want you to go out of this place and make sure that you know that the Bible says that. And not Pastor Damon. Oh, David. Here's my question to you. Who in their right mind wants to be God's enemy? I didn't want to be his enemy, but there was a time in my life that I was God's enemy. At one time in your life, you were God's enemy. And some of you sitting here today may still be his enemy. Paul says this in Romans 5. We were God's enemies, but he made us his friends through the death of his son. Now that we are God's friends, how much more will we be saved by Christ's life? The Apostle Paul is saying here that when we receive Jesus Christ into our lives through repentance and the confession of our sins, we stop 
being enemies of God. We make a truce with him. And we become his friends at that moment, instantaneously. We put up the white flag. And we come over to God's side. And we're no longer his enemy. You see, Jesus Christ wrote the peace treaty that we need with God. He wrote it on the cross with his own blood. Paul says this, Everything in heaven and on earth can come to God. Why or how? Because of Christ's death on the cross. Christ's blood has made, what's the word? Peace. Something must change the unrighteous unbeliever and make them righteous before they can be at peace with God. And that's exactly what happened on the cross as Jesus died for your sins and my sins and he gave his righteousness to everyone who calls in faith on him to do so. Paul says any person no matter where they're at on this globe, this earth, they can stop being an enemy of God and they can come to him and they can have peace with God. This can happen because that person becomes reconciled to God. There's a reconciliation. And that happens because of the death of Jesus Christ. This is what the Bible refers to as peace with God. So the question any preacher would be asking today to an audience, do you have it? Do you have peace with God? Or is that peace still far away and distant to you? Are you still an enemy of God? Because you've never come to him through the born-again experience that Jesus talked about in John chapter 3, verse 3. And I would encourage you to read that for yourself. Well, here's the good news. You can leave this building this morning knowing for sure that on July 5th, 2020, you sealed the deal and you have peace with God. And we'll come back in a few moments and take that up again. The second kind of peace the Bible refers to is the peace of God. It has to do with a Christ follower's experiences in life. In the verse which we are going to look at now, which we've already looked at earlier in the message, we're going to see that what Jesus is talking about is not objective peace, which is peace with God, your relationship with God. Jesus says this, I give you peace. Read it with me, please. I've read it once. Let's read it together. I give you peace, the kind of peace that only I can give. It isn't like the peace that this world can give. So don't be worried or afraid. The peace that Jesus is speaking of here refers to a subjective experiential peace. Someone has said, and I really like this, this phrase, someone has said, it is tranquility 
of the soul. Tranquility of the soul. This is the peace that Paul often speaks about. And he says this in Philippians 4, 7. Paul says, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. The peace of God is not based on good or pleasant or happy circumstances like the kind of peace that the world tries to give us. Things have got to be going well. You've got to be happy. You've got to have all things going good. Then you can have a little peace. We're talking about something totally different. The peace of God makes no sense to the person who doesn't know God personally. You see, it doesn't seem reasonable to the human mind that such peace could exist in the middle of the problems and troubles in life that we face. But this is divine, supernatural peace, and it can't be figured out by the human mind, no matter how smart you are. Anytime we see the word then, that four-letter word at the beginning of the verse, anytime in the Bible, we have to look at the verse or verses before to understand what is being said to us. So, Philippians 4, 7, then, and he talked We've got to back up to Philippians 4, 6, where Paul says this to us. He says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. So what must a Christ follower do to experience the peace of God? As we saw in verse 7 which will guard our hearts and our minds in a way that we really can't understand. First, Paul says here in Philippians 4, 6, don't worry about anything. A pastor went to see a a businessman in his church who wanted to get counsel from the pastor about starting a new business venture that he was thinking about starting. So the pastor went and he walked into the businessman's office and the first thing the pastor saw was a a sign on his desk. And the sign said, I've got so many troubles that if anything else happens to me, it's going to be two weeks before I can even worry about it. He had a lot of worries, a lot of troubles. And some of you have those words written on your heart. May not be on your desk, but you've got a lot of worries in your life right now. And this verse tells us what God wants us to do for the rest of our lives. Not just till you get out of this room. Don't worry. Oh, that's so much easier said than done though, isn't it? How do you and I get to a place in our life that we don't worry about our lives? Or worry about our children's lives or our grandchildren's lives. Well, Paul says, 
The second thing you do is you tell God through prayer what you need in everything you face. Instead of worrying, it's not be happy. Instead of worrying, pray. Pray. And be specific in your asking. And be bold to ask God for what you need. I love it when people pray specifically. They need this, this, this by this time in this way. It's not to say you're going to get every prayer answered. But you know what you need from God. And you're bold in your prayers. Don't worry. Instead of worry, pray. And then number three, you thank God for all he's done for you in the past. All he's done for you prior to this certain situation that you're in right now. I've had 72 years of life. I know it doesn't look like that. Don't say 82. Come on. Give me a break. But I've got a lot to thank God for in those 70 plus years. Some of you have had 20, some of you have had 30, 40, 50. You could write a book. I could write a book of all that God's done for me. Let's thank God for all the times that he got us out of a tough jam and bailed us out and he met our needs. Many of us are big on asking, but we're short on thanking. So what do we have to do to get to the place that we will experience the peace of God that exceeds, Paul says, anything we can understand, according to Philippians 4.7? Three things. Not simple, not necessarily easy, but there are three things. It's a formula for us today. Don't worry about anything. Instead of worrying, pray and tell God what you need. And then don't forget, thank God for all he's already done for you. Don't miss what I'm going to say. This is worth the price of admission this morning, and it's very important. I don't want anyone to go out of here not understanding this point. The peace of God, the peace of God is not available to those who are not at peace with God. If you want peace today in here, you're going to have to first have peace with God your maker. So this morning, what would you say to God in prayer? Is it time to ask His Son, Jesus Christ, to come into your life and forgive you so that you may start experiencing peace with God? Here on July 5th? Or if you're already a Christ follower, which many of you, if not all of you are, I don't know all of you. Do you need to ask God in a moment of prayer to take control of your life in such a way that you can begin to experience in a new and fresh way the peace of God? The peace of God. None of us, pastor, teacher, none of us, 
none of us Light is on. There it goes. Biblical peace is not a trouble-free life. Quite the contrary. But it is a sense of calm in the midst of life's troubles. And friends, when COVID-19 is over, there'll be something else be something else. There always is something else. Trivia question. How many like trivia? Anybody? I'm not going to call on you personally. You can put your hand up. <laughs> Do you remember the first words that Jesus spoke to his disciples after his resurrection? Very first words. I need the answer to the trivia question. <laughs> the Bible says that the disciples were hiding behind locked doors because they were afraid. They'd seen what they'd done to Jesus. They thought they were coming after them. It was late that Sunday evening. And the disciples were gathered together behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish authorities. Then Jesus came and stood among them and read it with me. Peace be with you, he said. Pastor and author Max Licato, he tells about this event when he writes these words. He says, the one who was betrayed, Jesus, sought those who betrayed him, his disciples. And what did Jesus say to them? He didn't say they were a bunch of losers and wimps and cowards. Jesus didn't say, where were you when I really needed you? No, Jesus' first words to these frightened men were just one simple phrase. Peace be with you. The very thing that they didn't have that moment... The very thing that seemed so distant and far away to these Christ followers because of their fear, because of their doubts, because of their unanswered questions was the very thing that Jesus offered to them. His peace. Thankfully, 2,000 years later, he still offers it to you and me this morning. His peace. His peace. So what is robbing you of peace with God today? Could it be the fact that you still haven't gone over to God's side? And you're His enemy according to what the Bible tells us because of that fact? If so... Ask for his forgiveness of your sins. Find freedom and peace in belonging to God. Christ follower, what is robbing you 
of the peace of God today? Might it be worry about your health? Worry about your children? Concerns about your finances? Maybe you're facing major surgery in the next few weeks. Maybe there's a difficult person in your life that you just can't seem to get it on. Well, Jesus is here this morning by way of the Holy Spirit. And he's speaking to our hearts if we'll let our hearts be tuned into him. Just as he spoke to those followers some 2,000 years ago who were afraid and they were hiding behind locked doors. Jesus is speaking to you today. Peace be with you. Peace be with you. I'm asking you to prayerfully receive his peace. It's not far away. It's not for next week. It's not distant. We don't have to wait to 2021 to have his peace. We don't have to wait till this COVID's gone before we have his peace. It's here now. His peace is here in this room right now in you to receive. Before the band comes back to sing one of my favorite songs, and I, I really love the, the song they sang by Laura's story, Perfect Peace. But there's a guy named Chris Tomlin, and he's written a song. My mind's gone blank, and you went ahead of me. There you go. <laughs> Sorry. Living Hope. You say, well, why is there a song on hope? This is a message about peace. He is our hope. He is our peace. But before they come back, I want to give you just a few moments right where you sit. No one looking at you. You not looking around. I'm not going to look at you. I want you to take a moment to talk to God. To talk to the one who is your hope this morning and who wants to give you his peace. His peace. So do it now. Talk to God for a moment and then I'll close in prayer. Lord God, I thank you this morning that the offer still stands. You will give us your peace. And Lord, there are a lot of hearts in this building that need that peace this morning, mine included. We've had a real rough patch here, Lord, the last few months. And we know that it's not going to get better in the sense that there'll always be troubles. There'll always be concerns and needs and cares. Lord, today we need your peace. As followers of Christ, help us not to worry, but to pray. Help us to be thankful in our hearts for all that you've done for us. And Lord, if we're not a follower of Christ today, if 
we don't have the basic peace with God, then as try as hard as we might, we'll never have peace of God. The best we're ever going to be able to get is what the peace of the world offers based on happiness, circumstances. So Lord, I pray for that person or two that they would say, God, I want to surrender my life to you. I want the peace of God beginning today. And we thank you that you are here to offer that to them and to receive them as your own. Lord, we do love you. We do thank you for going to the cross for us. We thank you for sustaining us through hard times and good. And Lord, we pray that on this July 4th weekend, we'll not forget your blessings to our nation. And we'll pray that you would lead us in difficult times, bring revival to our land. And as we go from this place, let us experience and drink in all the peace that you have for us. It's in the precious name of Jesus we pray. Amen.